Hi, I'm Jim. And I'm David. And this is the Practical Guitarist Podcast. The podcast for people who eat, sleep, and breathe guitar. Some smack bird. Do you really? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, welcome to the Practical Guitarist Podcast. Woo-hoo! Um, for all your practical guitarist needs, what I liked it so much I bought the company. Um. <laughs> anyway, moving on. I want. Uh, there I was want five dollars for this company. Slew of references in there, but um, uh, where's my notes? Hang on. Where'd it go? I got. I got. I, I must have know. my notes. Where'd it go? Uh, if you are listening regularly, join the Practical Guitars Facebook group. And as always, you can review us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Store, or wherever else you find this podcast. It will help us bring in new listeners. If you'd like to contact us, reach out to us directly on thepracticalguitarist at gmail.com. Uh, that's an email address, if you didn't know. Yeah. Also, no, that's, oh, we got a string competition going. Uh, check out the Facebook group for details. Yes. Tell. Yes. And um, be prepared to win a prize. So we discussed on the last episode mm-hmm. that I have spent some time in music stores recently. <laughs> um, I spent some time at Sam Ash this weekend. I had a couple hours oh. before rehearsal. And I was like, oh, I'm going to take two or three hours to go down there and look at modeling amps. Cheap modeling amps. Well, not cheap, yeah. but just modeling amps. Inexpensive. Which... I was in luck. They didn't have very many. Um, they had the they had the relevant ones. Uh, they didn't have much of anything amp wise. They had a bunch of fenders. I think they had like two Marshalls, like half stacks. They had a Marshall MG. They had a DSL twenty, and then like three orange amps, and that was it. That was pretty much everything the store had. Um, and my store is one of two in the Chicago area now, so. Come on, Sam Ash, give it the program. Anyway, um, so the first day I plugged into was the old, um, the old Fender Mustang, not the current one, because um, the current one's what the GT, right? Yep. Okay. Um, but I had never played a Mustang, right? Yep. Um, the old Mustang plugged in. Dial in a tone pretty quickly. Was able to get kind of my normal Marshall Plexi sound. Um, I'm not. I, I'll talk about the comparison in a minute because because I want to talk about the other amps I played too. Um, I was pretty happy with it, I guess. Um, then I moved on. And I played. Uh, oh shit! What did I play after that? Oh no! Then I played the um, the Vox, their cheapo modeler, the the current one with the, with the single tube in it. Yeah. Um I have played one of those before. Uh and I, I have to say I was actually a little more impressed this time than I was the last time. Now I took some time to actually play around with the controls a little bit, yeah. adjust some parameters, uh play with the bias and stuff which was available for the tube, which I don't really foresee like how a twelve X seven is really equivalent to power tubes, but um nevertheless I, I was able to kind of play around with it and get some cool sounds out of it. Um, I don't know. See, here's my problem with the little Vox combos is a lot of times they put a speaker in this very Voxy. And the thing is, that's not my jam. It, it They, they tend to lack bass and that's, that's not my jam. Um, so then I moved from there and I played a, the new one, the new, Mustang GT, right? Yep. The big one. Yep. Uh, the 200 watt monster or whatever it is. Uh, I don't know. Is that a one by 15 or a two by 12 or something? It 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 was a big cabinet. Yes. Uh, and it was a heavy. It's two by 12. And, okay. Talking about the uh, big the big um hundred watt two by 12 combo. I know it's 200 watts, but yeah, or 200 watts, yeah, yeah. It's it's freaking loud, uh, and it's huge, um. Honestly, I don't really see the leap forward in modeling technology for the sounds that I use coming from the uh, the previous GT series. There are obviously a lot more models. The interface is way better on the GT. 
However, when I talked to the sales guy and told him what I'm intending to do, I'm looking for a very, very tiny modeling amp, the smallest thing that I can get my hands on that has the most flexible, realistic tones. Okay, meaning meaning something that's full and round and can be used in a jamming situation that's not going to make me sound like a freaking buffoon. Right. So um, he said, obviously, Katana, which, I, of course, I've already had one, right? So I'm like, yeah, I kind of know what that sounds like. So I plugged into the 50 watt because uh, I've had the 100 watt. And I actually, I still believe the 100 watt is superior. It but is. if you need to grab and go, if you need to grab and go, the 50 watt is doable. Right. Um, especially considering that when I plugged into the Boss Mustang GT40, I was pleasantly upset with how different that amp sounded to the bigger siblings that they had next to it. Yep. The the 40, okay, so for, for a couple things. The 40 does not get loud at all. It's extremely quiet. I have never played an amp rated at 10 watts that is that quiet. Okay, as, so as which one the the forty one? Yeah, the GT forty, the one with the the full range speaker system. Yeah. And the full range speaker system may be a cool thing for people who want to use it as a a jam along tool. Yep. For like for like uh, iPods, but man, it just does not do justice to like guitar sound. It, it it had this weird like chorus phasing thing going on. Uh, I think it was partially the room I was in. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but the thing is, if it's if it's like one of those situations where it's not going to be able to to work in every environment the same way that a guitar amp does because they're very projective and, and directional. Um, it, that's a deal breaker for me. And I really wanted to like the thing. But um, the, in general, I think that the Mustang line fits better with like what your impression is of the people that are looking for like old Fender tones. Yep. Um, for me, I felt like they had way too much bass. A um, lot of bass. A lot of bass. Yeah, like an insane amount. And to the point where I was kind of like, how do I turn this down? Yeah, the GT it does have it does have those EQ settings in yep. there that are really cool, so you can flat or you can cut the bass. Yep, those were useful. Um, but if you're it, now, if you're looking to jam with a track, that you have to admit that you can get that bass sound. Yeah, you're able to jam with that track, and that full well, range speaker other, is there. There's other competitors on the market that do the same thing, and honestly, even the um, the Line Six Amplify, uh, thirty watt, seventy five watt, and I believe one hundred fifty watt, um, those things do basically the same thing. And I, honestly, I, I I hate. Do you know what I hate about them? They didn't give you all the fucking controls on the thing. Like if you had a little portable display and like the controls on there, instead of having to Bluetooth a phone or something to the to the unit in order to control all the tone settings. It, it, that would have been like the done deal. The, the um, thing that, so I did a little, um, uh, I don't know, write up or something about the, the Mustangs when they first came out with the GT, the only thing, so they kind of fixed the fate, you know, a lot of the software. And the problem is they don't ship with the new software. This stupid on, on Fender's part, you have to update the software the minute you get it, which requires plugging it in you and the USB and, yeah, I remember, I remember you mentioning that you had to go through that. And it took um, a long time, and the first time it was a pain in the ass, and Fender support was not very supportful. And, but anyway, I got it updated. You know, it's it's on the newest software. Um, it sounds a lot better. Um, is it, is I, it louder? Yeah. Because well, that I was mean, my main thing, is it's not you're talking about loud. The, you're talking about the 40 watt. Yeah, yeah I mean, I can I'm, talk. I've got the 100 watt. Yeah, the hundred watt is definitely a much more doable amp. It's not very portable though. I will, I, I will say. That. Well, it's you're gonna see it. It's pretty sweet bang, yeah. You're gonna see it with me. So, I, I yeah, bring yeah, it to church. Still, I bring it to everything. It weighs nothing. Well, no, it weighs nothing. nothing. But the thing is, like, for my case, and I understand why they would make it bigger. I mean, they need the they need the space to get the the bass booming out and stuff. And I know they're ported cabs, so they're based on like feel and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So I've got um, like a, um, I've got a, it's a one by twelve. It weighs almost nothing. I bring it to church. I bring it to um, rehearsals. I've got two XLR out. Um, how much? How much do they run? They're, they're like what three fifty or something? Yeah. I mean, honestly, I I any day I you want get a, it at three fifty, even though these even though they're range, marked at three ninety nine. Yeah, I want one of these full range amps. Like I I like the idea of having an amp in the house that's supposed to be like a house amp. It doesn't really. It's not meant for jamming with a band. It's meant to sound good in the room. Right. And to fill the room with sound. So you don't have to be super loud, but it just sounds right. 
Okay. Cause that's one of my big issues. Like that's part of the reason why tube amps don't really call out to me as much anymore. Cause I live in a, I live in a very small living situation where I have connected walls. And for me, like to use my Mark five in this place, it just sounds like ass because I can't get, I can't push the power tubes hard enough to actually make it sound right. Um, so these kind of amps fill that niche. Now where I will give credit to Fender is that they're getting on board the bandwagon of let's make an amp that's strictly for people who play at home. Like that's kind of their focus. Yes, we can make it louder. So if you really want something you can jam with in church, fine. But like this, the, the primary thing for the for the Mustang GT is not just to be a modeling amp, but to be your primary amp at home. This whole idea of like the guys that don't necessarily gig have something to use, right? And that's really cool. I think it's a, I think it's a great idea. Absolutely. Uh, I I like that's why I like the, the Amplify. I think Line Six when they when they update the Amplify, which I would not be surprised at all to not see that happen before Nam, um, that I think it will be another full range amp, very similar, probably Amplify 2. It will have a screen. You will be able to control everything on the amp. That's my prediction. Um, it will probably be at a similar price point to what it is right now. It may even replace that. I th- They're blowing them out right now at Guitar Center for like $100 off. So I have to imagine they're, they're, the new one is in the works. So... Uh, and yes, I've heard that it's not like the greatest selling thing of all time, but I've also talked to people at line six who said, no, we knew it was not going to be adopted the same way, say as like the helix was, but that they were trying something new and that they were going to continue to pound this market until it becomes a thing. So, um, again, you know, that's kind of their MO is we're going to be the market leader. Look at the axis, the axis Two Twelve. And then that led to the Line 6 Flex Tone, which became a a staple amp for so many years for a lot of gigging musicians. Absolutely. Uh, What what bothers me, though, is that a lot of the amplifiers like the Flex Tone, which was basically a professional workhorse, um, have largely been dismissed by the, the modeling industry. I can't think of one professional amp that, um, that these companies are are building anymore like there's no flex tone i mean they've got what the spider line um which i, I did plug into i am ashamed to admit i plugged into the new spider <laughs> i'd be ashamed why? to admit that too why well exactly. I'm just like, I, I was just like look i know it's redesigned you know um they did have two of the spider valves which weren't bad I mean, I, 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 those I can kind of jive with a little bit, a little bit, but the, um, the spider like practice combos and stuff and the spider classic and the spider four, they can keep them. It's, it's just, they need to kill that line already. It's just ridiculous. Um, or, or come up with something better, make spider five that much better, make it an actual usable modeling amp. Yeah. Right now it's not, it's, it's just not. So here's where here's where things get interesting, right? So I've tried both Mustangs. I've tried, I think I said I tried the Katana 50 again. I tried the Vox modeler, and then I've tried, um, I think there was something else. Oh, and I tried the Black Star. You were talking about, uh, maybe before the episode, you were talking about the Black Star Fly. code. Oh, the ID Core. The, core. the ID Core. Yeah. Right. Didn't think much of it. It's nope. I mean honestly, it's kind of a pale imitation of the um what are the Marshall what were the Marshalls called? The, the um the code. I have not seen a code in a while. I wonder if Marshalls is uh pulling the plug on those. I don't know. Or if they're just not yeah. selling well enough that they're not stocking them. I just don't know. I mean I see I saw one hundred um in Guitar Center, a code one hundred. Um Yeah, well I mean I've seen code fifties and Head and cabinet. Yeah. So that's fine. I didn't. Okay. So now that I've compared some of these other amps, because I was looking at the code 10 because it's a small compact cab and it sounded pretty decent for what it was. Um, Looking at some of these other amps, I think I would actually be more inclined to get the Vox than the, than the code. If I was going compact, if I really wanted to get something small, Um, the Katana, the Katana 50, which is a compact cabinet, is still probably the leader out of the pack. But the thing is, uh, the crunch sound 
when compared to like a, a wide open amp, like a real, you know, cooking tube amp of about 25 watts, it just, it's not that good. It's, it's okay. I mean, it has some dynamics, but it doesn't have like for, there's something funky that goes on with the way that the note decays. And I just couldn't, I couldn't like put my finger on it. Um, I still think the Katana 50 is probably the way to go for a jam amp at uh, Gearfest, but I I have a different opinion, I think, on, on the state of modeling amps right now. I think modelers, independent modelers, like the Helix, the uh, Boss GG1000, the Axe FX, uh, the Kemper, when the Kemper really doesn't fit in this because it also, they have the Kemper amp as well, but the idea that these have these standalone modelers that are incredible, and then you plug them into something else. And yeah. I think the the it hasn't gone the other way yet where somebody said, okay, we're going to take the technology from the Helix and we're going to apply it to an amp. And then, or, or we're going to take the technology for a GG1000 and put it in an amp. Yep. It has not happened yet. And uh, I'll be honest. Yeah. So um, I will, you know what I'm bringing. So I'm going to bring a, um, a Fender GT, um, a little orange maybe, and a Black Star Fly 3. Um, let, well, let me know what you're bringing when when you do finally go, because that, that's going to determine what I end up buying. Yeah, um, and the only reason that I'm bringing the Fender is then it will be interesting to have your Katana, you playing through Katana, me playing through the Fender, same well, room, and maybe uh, Ryan playing through something, you know, and uh, it'd be interesting get to, Ryan to play. What's that? <laughs> if we can get Ryan to play, I know he's going to be very busy. Yeah. Um, but... Uh, I, you know, and that's like I'm planning on bringing my Mesa, so I would probably bring that over the Katana. But I need to. Br- I was planning on bringing two amps so that we would have a variety of things. Well, to if do. we're so gonna be, because prob- you guys are in a bed, bread and breakfast, right? Yeah, we we rent an Airbnb. Yeah. So I just I'm more worried about being able to control the volume, not necessarily not have the volume. There's there's an air gap between the houses. It's a it's a significant one, and uh, the the basement is they we have a full finished basement. Because I could bring the Hughes and Kettner, and um, now we're getting it. crazy. Yep. Uh, well, let's see. I got to make this cab ha- happen first. Um, I got a line. I was uh, at my local guitar store, and uh, they still have the cab that matches my amp. And so I decided that it's a compact cab that it makes more sense if I wanted to bring it on the trip to sell my deeper cab and right. to get. The compact cab, right? Uh, and they, and actually, I mean, the space savings—it's literally half the size because it's half as deep. Well, you could always grab a um, grab a cabinet while you're there and then return it. I'm not going to do that. Oh, that brings me to, that brings me to the rest of our lesson. So, yes, we were going to talk about the fact that I went and tried all this digital gear. Yep. But um, so my time in the store here's here's where things get nuts. It, it, it's always like this. I can't go into a guitar store, and I don't know whether it's because of the way I play or because of the way I carry myself or what, but I get hounded by people looking for commission, like super bad. Um, I've been with other guys and not touched a guitar, and like they don't get nobody even comes up to them. But but if it's me, like second I sit down and start playing, people are walking up to me, asking me questions, like both customers and store associates. Yeah, um, maybe because they feel like, oh well, this guy obviously knows what he's doing. Like he probably has good gear, and he's you know here to buy something. Um, I don't. I I have no idea. So yep. I, I came in and I sat down. And I was playing, and um, guy comes over and he starts, you know, oh, you really should get you know the Boss GT40. And I'm like, well, honestly, I said right now the winner out of this group is the Katana 50. And he's like, oh well, we're doing 15% off today. You know, do you want to take one home for 15% off? And I'm like, listen. I'm like, it's as much as that's true. I said, I have two problems with that. Number one, I'm not prepared to buy today. I'm here browsing. Um, I said, number two, I have a wife at home who will murder me. Uh, She has more firearms than, you know, basically the whole clan on Duck Dynasty. And uh, (laughs) that's not a good thing. So, you know what the guy says to me? He looks at me and he goes, he says, well, my wife's a lawyer. And I said, then you know better than to argue. <laughs> it's like, what? what? Seriously, dude? I don't give a shit what your wife does. I'm telling you, I'm here. I'm browsing. And yep. if I see something that catches my fancy and like is right. rare or is used, 
I might walk out. Then with I'll it. take it home. Don't right. Kill pot- don't kill a potential sale. Right. You know. Um. So instead of kind of like backing off, he just he was getting really persistent and kind of pushy about it. So I started uh, to pack up. I started to pack up the guitar I brought into the store. Um. Because I always bring my guitars. Yep. When I'm trying when I'm trying amps because I know how they sound. Exactly. Um. So. He was getting kind of pushy about it and whatnot. And the funny thing was, we were all sitting at the counter, and I, and I was being nice to the guy. So we we kind of sit and we're bullshitting for a minute at the counter. Yeah. And um, this older guy comes up, and he he he'd been kind of walking around, and I noticed he was kind of staring at me. And he and he walks up to me, and he says, um, yeah. "Actually, first he talks to the clerk, and he says, you guys do do lessons here.'" And the clerk says, "Yeah." Um, you know, we can we can uh, you know introduce you to instructors and whatever. That I, some most of them have gone home today. It was a Sunday, um, and uh, he's like, we can you know we can hook you up with somebody if you want. He's like, well, I'm just thinking about it. He's like, I'm just curious if you guys did them. Um, and he was the gentleman was well, I would say probably sixty. Um, and uh, he's like, he comes up to me and he says, I'm an acoustic guitar player, and he's like, I'm gonna I'm a singer, and he's like, um, he's like, I'm a singer and songwriter foremost, and um. Electric guitar has always been an interest of mine, but he says I don't have one, and nor do I know how to play one. Right. And he says I I'd like to take some lessons to be able to learn how to convert what I do know about acoustic guitar into electric guitar. And I said, well, it's kind of a different ball of wax. I said you're going to be dealing with a lot more um, different concepts like bending and uh, you know single note lines and things like that. I said some of the stuff you're probably familiar with, you've probably done it, um, but you just do it a lot more on guitar. Right. And you got to get some different finger muscles and stuff built up. But he goes, well, he's like, your playing is fantastic. He's like, I was really impressed. He's like, can I get your name and number? He's like, I might call you and like do a g- guitar lesson with you or something. And I'm just laughing because the clerk is standing right there, and he's like, <laughs> and we're, so I'm like, I look at my wallet, I'm like, well, I don't have anything to write to to give you with my name on it. And I turn around to the clerk, and I'm like, yeah, you got a business card? <laughs> ah, <laughs> and he was like, ah, oh, shit. Put my email address and my phone number on there and hand it to the guy. And he's like, he's like, yeah, he's like, I'll probably call you next week. And I'm like, all right. Oh, my God. Oh, you got to do this hysterical. So when I was walking out, uh, of course, the guy walked. He, the guy was nice enough to walk me out. The, the clerk was the clerk was nice. I mean, he was doing what he was trying to do to get his commission. I understand. Right. Um, and I was. Listen, I know when I go into a store to try things out, 95 percent of the time, I'm not going to buy it. Right. I'm not going to buy something, but that's just the way it works. Like when you go into a guitar store, you try things out and it's not like I'm taking down, you know, $3,000 less Paul's and beating the hell out of them. Right. Like even if I do, I take care of that instrument. I always wipe it down before and after I use it and all that kind of stuff, because I want to make sure that like I preserve the, the uh, finish and there's not scratches and shit in it. Yeah. Like it's just common etiquette. I take my jackets off before I do any of that kind of stuff. Right. Um, I believe me, I've left shit in guitar stores cause I took my jacket off before. Um, so cause you know, shit falls out of your pockets and whatever, but yeah. Um, I just, I'm tired of getting hassled by these people. Like I want the CarMax experience, you know, well, you know I want to We've we've gone into a world. I've I've spoken to this before. We've gone into a world where um, it's more about the personal experience and the individual experience with yourself um, versus the experience with um, folks that are sales folks. And the, I think that the downfall there's an upside and a downside to it. I think that the downside of it is that that the sales folks aren't as good as they used to be because all of a sudden people don't want to come in. And and let's face it, no matter uh, what job, whether you're hiring security people, or you're hiring guitar people, or you're hiring somebody to sell vegetables in a grocery store, if you're going to pay them very little, then you're going to expect very little, right? I mean, how can, how much can you expect knowledge-wise and performance-wise? And if they're working on commission, which most of these people do sales are, what do you expect? Yeah. Like, they well, want you to buy what they have. And that those those little plans they sell you, those are nothing but profit. They're a hundred percent profit. Oh, and it's so funny because because the guy after I said, well, fifteen percent. I mean, it's thirty bucks, thirty two dollars or something. But like, it doesn't really matter to me so much as I, I I'll when I need it, I'll have the money for it, you know. And I was like, listen, I you know I've come in here and and bought things 
far more expensive than that at the drop of a hat. Like, it's not like, you know, you're not working for the sale or anything. Like, I understand. I'm, I'm, you know, I'll help you out if that's what, you know, if it comes down to that. But at this point, like, I'm not ready to make a decision. First off, I told him, I said, you guys don't have any of the Marshall codes. So how can I, you know, how can I make a decision about what I want to buy until I can try everything? Um, so I told him, I was like, well, if I don't buy a Marshall code, like, I'll make sure I come back and, you know, I'll give you credit for the sale. And I always do. Like, that's the other thing. I always make sure that even if I don't buy it from them, I come back and I say, you know what? I ended up buying this in another store because I got a better price. But this guy right here, like he's part of the reason why I bought what I bought, you know, and and make sure that people understand that, like, yeah, he took care of me. Um, it sucks that there that your store didn't have a good enough price. Like that's not his fault, and it sucks that he doesn't get his commission. Um, I, I just. I've been made feel like the bad guy about this a lot in forums because like, well, you go into guitar center, you try out all their shit and then you'll buy the guitar center. And it's like, well, yeah, but that's the thing. Like if I can get a better price somewhere else, wouldn't you, I mean, how many people go when you decide you want to buy a Honda and you go to, you go to the Honda dealer and they won't give you a decent price. And then you go to three other Honda dealers to find the one for the right price. Like how many people do that? If you don't, you're being a stupid shopper. You're going to throw three or $4,000 down the toilet. So, you know, don't, don't, don't belittle me for that. It's ridiculous. I, I, I'll probably get called out for this one. But, um, when I bought, when I bought my, I had a Honda Fit for, for a couple of years. Um, it was my first new car. And when I bought it, I emailed four different dealerships on the same email. I put them all in the two address so they could all see each other. And I said, okay, which one of you wants to give me the best price? Because I'm like, what's I'm wrong gonna, with that? I'm not going to bullshit them. Right. Like the the whole thing is like I'm going to make I'm going to take less of your time, and you're going to take less of mine. You're gonna we're going to just agree on a price, and that's going to be that. Right. And like you guys all know, you're in competition with one another, and don't pretend like you don't, because that's right. a bunch of bullshit too. Yep. You know, you leave that Ford dealership and go to the other Ford dealership across town. When they see you get in that you know that car to drive away, they know you're going to that other dealership. That's right. They may hate look, that. You're going to look at the exact same car at a different dealership. Yeah, and you they know may what? hate that, but they all know that it's not the individual. The it's not always the sales experience that makes the sale. It and it's not always the price that makes the sale because a lot of times their hands are tied behind their back. That's I can what I'm look seeing. at the same keyboard that I'm looking at in six different places and come up with the exact same price. But that that's math, right? You know. And so what am I going to get for my, you know, that's, that's the thing. I would rather companies be realistic about uh, what they're going to sell yep. and not make it a commission-based job and just be realistic about the prices and stuff that they have on things. Because that's, exactly. the, that's the big thing. Like dealing with this guy, he goes 15% off. And then as we're talking, he says, well, I could probably get you 20. I have talked to manager. And it's like, dude, I don't want to wheel and deal like that. That's not that's not going to get me to, to buy this item. Like when I stop and think about it. Yeah. OK, that's kind of cool that they can wheel and deal there still. But look, I just want to see the right price on the tag to begin with. Yeah. Don't don't play those games with me. I mean, right. when, you're a big box retailer in competition with Guitar Center. Sam Ash. They're, they were for a while the only competitor with Guitar Center here in the United States. Now they've they've been taking huge financial hits and they're in trouble. Right. Um. So, like, I applaud them for still trying to stay like the local music store um, where they where you could make deals and all that kind of stuff. But they do the same things that big box guys do. And when you get up the counter they're oh, you're going to buy the service plan and they will do the hard sell there because they are commission based and they get a significant part of the commission if they sell the service plan to the point where I bought a piece of pro audio equipment and um, they were like, you want the service plan on that? And I'm like, no. I do not want a service plan. And the guy says, well, I can get you the service plan for, for free. Would you like it then? And I said, well, what are you going to give me off on the, the item? And, and he says, well, you 30 bucks off. And I'm, I'm going, so wait a minute. You weren't going to offer me that deal until you said, oh, well, if you take the service plan, I can get you an extra $30 off. Yeah, Bullshit. because $30, the $30 off is going to cover the service plan. Right. But that's my point. Then he's just doing it so he can pad his commission and he could have given me that $30 off and he's just not going to do okay, it. Okay, so having worked in retail, asshole. okay, so having worked in retail 
I'm going to let you know there are bonuses with the number of service plans you sell. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. So if, I understand if, that completely. And and my raise is based on that service plan. So I'm not I'm not trying to give the guy an out, but I am saying that if he's trying to put food in his kids' mouths or No, I I agree. I would be doing the same thing he's doing. Exactly. My my problem is that the store has set themselves up to look like dickheads. And that's not the guy's fault. No, that's the store's fault. And that's what I'm saying. Like the the, the policies need to change on these places. It's just getting crazy, man. Yeah, but Um, what they're trying to do is they're trying to give you a decent price and try to get you a servings plan. And now, now once you've said I can give you that price, say yeah, I'll take that price, but I'm not going to take service. Well, that's what I tried to do, and he's like, "Well, I can't offer to you without the service plan." Yeah. So I'm like, I, I buy it a buying then, item anyway. Then because I that, know guy. Then they set themselves up for that. Guitar center. That's what I'm saying. That. Guitar center will say, "Yeah, no, I'll they, give it to you not, for that. this price." Then they go. Then they go. Do you want the service plan? I go. Shit. How long? Do I've I never have? had guitar center haggle with me on anything anymore. Like that hasn't happened in probably 15 years. I do all the time. Every time I go yeah. in, I, I'm like, "All right, how low can I?" I just saw this on sale used two here. weeks ago. I've only gotten that. You know, for this yeah, uh, this much in Guitarathon, you can't give me the Guitarathon price. All right, no, well, you can't that do that for anybody else but you. Yeah, I got it. Yeah, and I, I'm fine I, with that. Fuck those other guys. I, well, I just laughed, Jim, because I'm like, yeah, that kind of stuff goes on, but I don't, I don't consider that haggling. Like, I consider haggling when you sit down with a guitar and you're like, look, I can take this guitar off your hands. I have cash in my pocket. How much better of a deal? But they can don't you have room to do it anymore. No, so, that's what I'm saying. They don't even. They don't. They can't. They can't. Um, they and, used and to. You know who took that out of their hands was the 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 manufacturers. So yeah. I don't care if but it's the map, the maps. So the whether it's Paul Reed Smith or Gibson or um, Schechter or Ibanez, every one of them has got a map. Yeah. Matter of fact, everybody was complaining about how you know oh you know Guitar Center and and I know it was more than just this, but one of the things that was getting under Guitar Center's um, goat. With Rickenbacker was Rickenbacker doesn't want you to print their prices. Yeah. So, well, that was goes, another thing about about Mesa was the Guitar Center couldn't sell Mesa online. Yeah, that's the other thing. And yet, took I for know fucking ever for that to happen. Um, my my um, guitar shop that I would go to in upstate New York, they can sell Gibsons in the store, but they can't sell them online. Yeah. So that yeah. that those things. The companies that are trying to prevent um, those kinds of things, like, oh, don't print our prices. What do you mean don't print our, your prices? How am I supposed to tell people how much this, you know, instrument costs? You notice you don't see a lot of Rickenbackers in a lot of stores. No, they have a very small dealer base. Um, and and the thing is that, you know, and it's the same with Mesa. Not to say that, that Rickenbacker or Mesa's fans and users aren't crazy, you know, loving their stuff. I'm not going to throw Mesa under the bus on this, but but I will say this much. Mesa would be totally comfortable saying, fuck you, dealers. We're yep. just going to do mail order again. They well, don't course. care. They don't care. They, the, their company's the philosophy is so stuff, weird. Well, because the people that want their stuff are already – their base is, is full. According to my local dealer, my Mesa dealer, he's um, – I said this before. Good Time Music is my Mesa dealer, and they, they get awards for being best in the state all the time. Yep. Um, he says that people who buy mesas are fanatics. Yep. They don't have one. They have five or six. They come in right when the new one comes out, and they throw money down the counter and say, give me one. I don't even want you to open the box. They are also the same guys that are um, that are just like diehards about when they buy them online and stuff. They have to be in the box. They have to have the bag. They have to, you know, he said, he said make sure you keep everything because if you ever have to sell it. He's like, you're going to, you know, they're going to want the box. Yep. <laughs> it's like, yep. are you freaking kidding me? They want the manual. They want the box. They want everything. Yeah. So I, I, it's an interesting thing, but it's just, you know, the that's nearest, just the nearest um, Mesa boogie um, dealer to me is Richmond, Virginia, an hour plus away. Well, it used to no, be Guitar Center, but almost yeah. three hours. away. That's no, that not happened anymore. Yeah, but I'm um, just saying, I can't even get a Mason Boogie out here. Well, these yeah. guys are buying them sight unseen. They never even played one. Yeah. Like when the Triple Crown came out, there were people coming in and buying them without playing them. Yep. It's like, what? <laughs> you know, come on, guys. Like, you should at least plug it in. 
It's no, I don't want to open the box until I get home. It's incredible. <laughs> I, I I have you know obviously I have one and the thing about mesas is simple. You will pay. You will pay if you want it. And my yeah. and the store that I was talking about talking about Parkway Music in upstate New York they still carry mesas. And they are by the looks of it what are other New York City the closest thing I would be able to get in Albany, New York. So it's it, it's hard to get Mesa boogies. There are whole states can't buy one. The state of Vermont. Yeah. Unless you mail order. Yeah. I mean, um, I would buy one mail order. I would buy another one side. As a matter of fact, I'm I'm talking to my um, guitar or our bass player now about buying his Rectiverb. Yeah. Well, you, I mean, you know how I feel about them. I I think they're all good amps. I think some of them have more more specific roles than others. Yep. Um, if I were to buy another one, I would probably buy a Lone Star. Yep, that's what um, I've got. I have so I have the Lone Star model in the Helix, and I really like it. It's it's modeled on one of the gain channels, but the only problem I have with it is when I mix it with my Mark V, it sounds like a fuzz. Yep. Like next to it, and I think that's just the style of overdrive that they offer. Yep. Um. So I just it does it's not going to work as a stereo rig, but it would be nice to have because I play Strats. Yeah. And those are when are basically the ultimate Strat amps. Is the um, Lone Star and Lone Star. Yeah. Yeah. So I, at some point I'll probably get one when the when the uh, grass is greener and yep. um the wallet's fatter. But yep, one day, one day, someday. But you know, we look at our gear and we always wonder what the other one sounds like. And the and the thing is, and that's what some of our videos that we talked about, I think, on the other. Um, yeah, the other there's a- We're going to start looking at what can you do with your gear to not have to throw money at it. And still make it. Uh, yeah, I mean, there so, are simple things you can do to everything to improve it. And so that's some of the things that you've got to try. At, for, we don't have to. I mean, you can always throw money at stuff. You're, you're going to come up to a limit. You're going to say, "Why am I keep? Why do I keep throwing money at this? Why well, am I continually throwing money at this?" It's the same thing as when you buy a two hundred and fifty dollar Chinese guitar, and then you throw a hundred dollars, one hundred and fifty dollars <laughs> worth of pickups yeah. into it. You redo the tuners. You redo the uh, hardware. I th- I'm getting like strange deja vu right now. I, I I've heard of somebody. I feel like doing we've talked that. about this somebody before. And, yeah. yeah, somebody in this. I don't know. Somebody on this shit, podcast. Jim. I did it. Oh, shit, that's right. It was you. <laughs> I, I tell you, you know, I uh, I I feel sorry for you because I was going to go down that path and I backed out like the little bitch that I am. And, yeah, you uh, little bitch. <laughs> I was like, whoo. Thank God I, I took one for the team, you son of a bitch. So there's a guy that's playing with a bunch of professional um, country players that's posting to the Shang Z site regularly. They're, they actually have endorsed artists now. Yeah. Um, I guarantee you they're getting better quality instruments than I did. <laughs> well, you can guarantee that theirs are handpicked off the off the uh, run. I mean, they're all right. All right. So, so, so Jim. Um, Kish came by this weekend, uh, yep. loyal listener, um, uh, zealot of the show. Uh-huh. Uh, he came by and he, uh, we were jamming and he played my Shengze yeah. and he had a totally different imp- impression of the pickups than I did. Really? And I just thought it was interesting to bring it up. He's like, well, they don't sound that bad. Like they're kind of flat, right. but they, but they, they, they have decent output. So and, what uh, did you, when you played it and then you heard him play it. And I've I, done this before too. Somebody will pick up my guitar and I'll go, "Yeah, that, right." You know, well, it sounds this. different. I'm, I'm throwing that guitar in the garbage. And yeah, like, you you obviously need it. I don't because he's a skilled. Play- he's a very skilled player. First off, so I I, I want to give him that that uh, much of a benefit of doubt. Yeah. Um, I would say it play. It sounds just like I do when I play it. To be honest with you, really. Um, and so yeah, I'm still replacing the pickups in it because they they are flat. I need something with a little bit more trouble response. Um, I'm working with, with Nick Bongers at um, Great Lakes Pickups to uh, get a set wound for it. Uh, it's going to be my next big purchase. So is um, that like a, um, so that would be considered a custom set then? Yeah, he's going to, um, he asked me what I wanted and I said, I want it to sound like Jimmy Page in the 1970s, you know, like, yeah. like cocaine Jimmy Page, you know? Yeah. Um, so he's like, oh yeah, we can do that. He's like, I have a recipe for that. So, um, 
I basically just need to get him the output of the existing pickup so we can kind of talk about the differences in output from what I will have now to what I'll have then. And yep. then we can talk more about the electronics and stuff there in the guitar. He, he already kind of knows, like he's asking questions about the finish and stuff. Cause um, he wants to know how, how much the guitar breathes and whether it's uh low mid heavy or whether it's a treble treble, you know, bass guitar and you know all the basic things you would ask um, when you're designing a pickup. Basically I've answered a lot of those questions already. I just don't know what K the pickups are yet. So once I pull them out and measure them, then I'll have a better number for them. I, I asked in the group. Somebody said twelve point eight. I'm like, there's no fucking way. There's no fucking way. They're twelve point eight. Yeah. So are you like looking nine. for them to be? Are you looking for them to be hotter? I I want them to be period correct. Okay. Which to to like the the Jimmy Page sound. Which so they means won't be as hot because the older, they probably won't. <clears throat> right? No, they probably won't. No, they're no. Really- I've heard that Jimmy Page's Les Pauls are hot. That they are a hotter they were set of hotter uh, than yeah, the yes. ones, right? Which is really so, kind of where the burst bucker comes from, right? And that's kind of what I'm thinking. Like, well, the, you know, the burst pickups are all over the board. Nick and Nick, I want I want to get Nick on the show because I want to talk about the technology of pickups because well, he, yeah, the burst he's worked on it before. Yeah, through a couple of iterations. Well, it's not even that, Jim. When they were building the fucking things. They were literally like just they had like a bin of magnets and they just stick their hand in there and there'd be all Nuco twos, well, about and the, Nuco fives. Yeah, I'm talking about the new one. Oh, you're talking about the actual burst buckers. Yeah, the, I'm talking about the the fifty nine pickups, like right. the fifty nine PAF. Fifty nines they were all over the place. Literally, you'd have you have three different people or four different people on four different spindles, you know, doing the the uh, things and they um and they were winding pickups and none of them were the same. And like you said, some of the magnets were a little stronger than the others. And, uh, and oh, not so, even that. They were some they of were them were Nico two and some right. were five and <laughs> physically different magnets. <laughs> and oh, it depended so, on the day I, of the week. There was an old like, there was an old joke. Never buy it, it used to be you could look at the number. Um back in the day you could tell by the number of the guitar. Yeah, never buy the one made on Monday. Whether or not it was you didn't want a Monday guitar, you didn't want a Friday guitar. Yeah. You didn't want the one where everybody was rushing out the door. You didn't want the one where everybody was sleeping when they were doing it. You wanted the ones between Tuesday and Thursday. A Wednesday <laughs> guitar, hump day guitar, was your best guitar. And I just, a, laugh. I yeah. just laugh because like that's whether so that's accurate. real. I, uh, well, no, Tim. Like guitars don't real. get one day. No, but what exactly? You don't know when the pickup was wound. <laughs> you don't know. That's exactly what I was going to say. You don't know when a pickup was wound. How many days did that thing hang? You know, the wood yeah. was drying, and the and the nitros. Which layer of nitros was put on what day? The, the, and, on, the cereal on it is the year late, a year later after it was built. You know, it's like a fuck. So I'm going to say something about the Paul Reed Smith, the CE24. Yeah, I don't know if you know the wood. So if for those who don't know, it's a satin finished neck. In other words, there's no um, yeah, no finish in the back of it. Um. It feels like there's that there's no uh, stickiness, no glossiness. Nothing. Yeah, there's nothing. It's That's really, good. really I mean, a fast. I dark. love it. Yeah. As a matter of fact, sometimes it's too fast for me because I'll go from the ESP to the to the um, Paul Reed Smith, and I'm like, whoops. And um, so it's kind of like um, stepping off of um, a, a, a cement into a, a skating rink. Right. Right. Um, anyway, the wood is extremely soft. I mean, I feel like I could literally put my nails into that wood, literally put my nails into the wood. That's how soft it feels. I don't know if you noticed that about that wood when you were no, playing a CE. I, so, um, that's the thing that I don't like because when you do get your fingers into the, the fretboard like that, um, I, for one thing, I don't like to touch the fretboard, so that's why I'm looking at you know scalloping a guitar, for example. Right. Um, number two is I scallop the unicorn. I have thought about it. Um, I think actually the inlays on it are too pretty. I don't want to fuck them up. Oh, that's true. Um, anyway, you were saying. So, I don't know. I've had a couple of guitars where that's been an issue, and that's been like it's yeah. just kind of annoying. But yeah, after over time, if you play the guitar enough, it goes away because the um, you you basically pull all those chunks of wood out of the fretboard with your fingernails. Oh no, 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 that's that's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about the fretboard. I'm talking about the back of the neck. I'm talking oh, about the where back. it like sinks the gloss. Yeah, where it could be. Well, glossed. It's, it's, 
it's an illusion. It that doesn't really happen, but it does make it feel that way. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's what I'm saying. It feels I, so soft. It feels like a sponge almost. Well, it, it depends really- on, and this is don't take this the wrong way, but I think it depends on the lacquer they use for the back too. Because I've had okay. guitars that are, I've had guitars that were very glossy that felt fine, and I've had other guitars that are very glossy that feels like you know you were sticking your finger in uh, in rubber. Yeah, I hate. <laughs> yeah, I hate that. But this, thing, but had, I mean, don't get me I've wrong. Had, I love the feel of this guitar. It feels fast. My nails. That's why I was saying that. Like, yeah, yeah. It, it feels fast. It feels great. It's just um, one of those things that I noticed. It was like a really the wood feels soft. Now that said, um, you know the, 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 the SE version of the Custom Twenty Four is uh, um, nice, but I can see myself over time having to take some sandpaper. Did you get? Did you get one? Not yet. Yeah. So wait. You, so speaking of which, I was going to ask finally, you about Gibson customer service got back with them, and they've they've mailed the part, or the part is on the way. Oh fuck that! Yeah. It'll show up in six weeks. And, and so yeah, I'm. I haven't, as you can tell by the fact that I've been breathing this whole time. I haven't held my breath, but we'll see what happens. I'm not. I'm not. It's been long dead. <laughs> I don't blame Guitar Center for this, but I mean it's just ridiculous. Gibson Gibson's reputation is already in the toilet and have a sixty dollar part held up that long. Well Jim where it took three yeah. weeks for them to get back. Three well, weeks. But but you'll see when you receive yes. this thing on the uh the the shipping receipt, there will be a signature on the shipping receipt. Yeah. Signed by Henry Jeskowitz himself. Because <laughs> he has to approve everything that goes out now. Oh, my God. I can believe it. I can believe it. I mean, it's a, it's a, it, it is a warrantied part, and it's under a year. I, I mean... Oh, shit. It's, it's that simple. It is literally that simple. Just, and that's the thing. I can understand some of the stuff I can understand a, a warranties being relatively limited when it comes to guitars. But when you're talking about workmanship, that should be, that should always be. If it's a workmanship yeah, problem, it's critical. you should not say it's a year or it's six months or it's whatever. If it's workmanship, it should be forever. Say it. Say it. Yeah, well, and the fact is, if it's workmanship, you're right. It should be forever because if you really think about it, workmanship's not going to go bad in three years. Right. It's I mean, it's going to go bad from the fucking factory. Exactly. And if we look at it, if you look at workmanship and you look at the problems that happen with workmanship, it's it's cold solder joints. Cold solder joints don't always show up right away. No, but but you know, it's, typically, yeah, it's glue. I mean, you know, yeah. glue problems. Um, it's, it's finishing problems. It's, you know, you didn't put the fretboard on properly. You didn't, you know, I mean, yes, the things like the frets not being, those things are right away. Jim. Jim. Yeah. I just had a thought. Yes. Oh my God. The reason Gibsons are so expensive. Yes. Is because you have to pay for the warranty. (laughs) (laughs) It is not worth it. The warranty is not worth the price. So we get to we get to um let's let's talk about one last thing. Let's talk about guitars and, and value. Everybody talks about right the value. They talk about all oh, guitars worth this much. Mine are guitars worthless. Are guitars are worth what you're willing to pay for them. Mine are worth less. Yeah. And <laughs> they're definitely worth less when you take them off the, the lot, so to speak. Even Gibsons and Fenders. Anybody tells you not that they're not, they're bullshit. Yeah. But the the thing that um I wonder if people think about is if you're going to buy, I can understand a certain level, but right now I, I got to thinking about this right now, $500 and up guitars. You get, you, you've got some pretty consistent. This is the thing I'm, I'm getting at. You've got some pretty consistent guitars coming out between 500 and a thousand and well, $1,500. Let's say, let's make that. So between 500 and 1500, Almost every one of these guitars, pretty consistent. They come out, they're, they're all, I mean, if they say they're a certain color, they are that color. If they, Very few times you're going to find bad 
um, yeah. you, you know, all that other stuff. How is it that, and people are always putting down computers, oh, because they're, they're made by CNC's and computers. Well, obviously, that, is, that workmanship is consistent. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I'm going to piggyback on what you said, and then we'll get back to the, the CNC machine at the end. Um, I remember thinking as little as two years ago, and, and having evidence to back it up, of course, thinking that, you know, really the pinnacle guitar, like peak performance instrument, you can get for a thousand bucks. Like you can literally go drop a thousand dollars and get a guitar that can do everything you want and yeah. be totally professional. And you have no real, like long-term issues with it. Yep. The design is good, et cetera. Um, now, granted, you may not be getting one from a major brand manufacturer. Depends on what you're wanting. Yep. Um, and, and those parameters change based on what you're buying. But, um, I always said that the diminishing returns happened around fifteen hundred dollars. Yep. Now I think it's it's actually getting even cheaper. Lower. Yep. You can get you can gig a five hundred dollar Korean or Indonesian guitar now. Yeah. You can literally buy one and gig it. I just bought one and I I love it. Like honestly, I haven't played any of my other guitars for like a week. And you can, you can look at I don't care if you're looking at um uh Epiphones. I don't care if you're looking at Squires. I don't care if you're looking at Paul Ritzmas SE line. Um, you can find guitars in that price range that you just mentioned that you can play every single night consistently and sound and just totally as good happy. as the individual who's sitting over there with, with a this. with a road worn three thousand dollar custom shop. Yeah. I, and, you know, that's very telling is like the, the change in the industry. I think we're finally seeing that era, which I knew was coming, where Made in USA really doesn't mean as much anymore. It doesn't. But you know what? So there's, um, for those of us who are my age, remember there was a movie with Michael Keaton. And I'm going to IMDb it real quick. But there was a movie with Michael Keaton where. The, the car movie where they're building yes, cars in the factory. They're building um, cars in the factory. And then the Japanese come over and they're like, oh, we can do this, you know, and it. And then the Americans are like, oh, no, we're so good. Blah, blah, blah. And then they learn something. We didn't learn anything. Gung-ho. Was it gung-ho? Yeah, gung-ho is the name of it. Yep. Great movie. Um, I, I yeah, recommend... Yeah, it is, it, is it is a great movie, especially for anybody who's ever worked in the manufacturing industry. The guitar companies could learn so much from this movie. So much from this movie. Because... A lot of industries could learn from that movie. <laughs> yeah. I mean... Made in America is going to become made. First of all, right now, made in Japan is is top line. Made in Korea has been proven. I don't care if you're talking about making guitars or making whatever. The only people, honestly, and and they're catching up is is the Chinese. And the only reason that the Chinese, I'm going to say this, and I'm going to, I, and I hope people don't take this, wrong, but the only reason the Chinese is, um, they're they're Business policies are questioned. Their their morality that they have is questioned. It really comes down to the Chinese government running everything and the Correct. fact that the Chinese government won't prosecute for copyright right. infringement. And I'm not talking about even copyright infringement. I'm talking about the fact that, oh, got lead paint in it? Who cares? Come well, out. no, yeah, no, or, absolutely. Oh, it might kill people? I don't care. We're going to make yeah. a fuck off it. And they're well, Americans anyway. Fuck them. Like, <laughs> I, but 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 Jim, what you don't what we're failing to recognize is that's the same product they use in their country. It's right. not so that they're that they're like fuck the Americans. They're just like fuck everybody. Fuck we don't everybody. care. Fuck it. We're making some <laughs> money on it. Fucking, what are you bitching about? We 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 improve the economy. I mean, yeah. And 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 I'm not. First of all, please understand that I'm not judging. I'm not one to judge another country by its morals. That's their morals and their moral. You're a world traveler. You've been plenty of places. I mean, you've but seen yeah. And we would we would go over there and we would take our product. So with um, the capacitor company, I was talking about a few episodes back. Take our product over there, and they're like, "Yeah, show us how your product works." Oh man, this is really cool. How much can you tell us about it? Because they want to reverse engineer it. But to be honest, that's what the that's what the Japanese did. Japanese right. reverse engineered things, and then they went when they went forward though. And that's the thing that the, the Chinese are going to start doing when the 
when the um, Chinese or the Japanese started doing this in the seventies, in the sixties, even um, in the fifties, they were like, "Okay, we can reverse engineer. We can make those TVs better." I remember in the seventies, you couldn't buy an American-made television anymore, and yeah. televisions were something we created. Well, so this 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 is this trend is continuing today. I mean. Look at any Apple product, and nine times out of ten, which they do make USA-made stuff still, but nine times out of ten, you look at the back of the product, what does it say? It says designed in California, USA. Designed in California. Made in China. Right. They do, not everything they do is, they do special order uh, PCs here in the United States sometimes, and they've been trying to bring more manufacturing back into the United States because they don't want to pay the shipping cost anymore. Uh, now with the tariff situation that's now starting to explode, it's it's all going to change. We're we're looking at um, I don't know whether it's good or bad. We're looking at the situation where the government is now starting to regulate what comes in and out of the country in a very different way, and it's mostly due to the Trump administration and and people that are in Congress right now uh, working together to kind of come up with some creative strategies to combat things that, that have been done in the last 30 years that maybe were not beneficial. It depends on your political party and how you feel about that. But the thing is like, and we are not taking sides. No, absolutely not. I'm just saying the thing is that things are changing and that's going to change the guitar industry. Like right now you can, in fact, uh, Shengze is having a problem right now as of a couple of weeks ago. People are having to pay $86 tariff. Yeah, $86 tariffs on these guitars now. So you so know what right. their response was? I love their response. What, okay. yeah, we'll give you $86 bucks. off. Yeah. Um, I didn't go. think they gave I didn't think they gave it all $86 off. No, but. they don't. But they give you they give you a good portion of it. Yeah, they gave us like 50 bucks off. But the thing is, if you're gonna have to pay an $86 tariff yeah. to bring it to bring a guitar to the United States from China. Wouldn't it just? Wouldn't it? Just, there's some crazy noises at Jim's house right now. I think somebody's getting murdered. <laughs> my kid, is, uh, my kid must be winning because he's laughing. If okay. he's not screaming and going, "What the fuck?" <laughs> yeah, I think we've heard that in previous episodes too. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I think uh, if you're going to have to buy a Shengzhei, say it's a two hundred and fifty dollar instrument, uh, you might as well just get the standard Epiphone because it's eighty six dollars more. It's almost hundred dollars. It's just a hundred dollars more. So I think point, that's really where they're trying to put it. I think what they're trying to say is, okay, you know what? Let's level the playing field. because the, the And it's not just saying Z. It's any of them that are coming in. All right, let's no, put that's a tariff what, on it. We'll exactly, it, exactly. We'll that's what tariffs are supposed field. to be for. Yep. But the thing is, um, where it gets interesting is, how do they across the board know what those prices should be? And... I mean, it's not like the guy, the customs agent looks at it and goes, well, this is $86 different than the American equivalent. You know, like that's, it's, it's a preset amount. So you're still going to have some play there. It's just going to be interesting yeah. how it all plays it out, plays out because I think a lot of the import guitars coming from China yep. may change. They may go to Indonesia. They may go to Korea. The prices might actually go up on some of these inexpensive things. Yeah. You could theoretically see the death of the bullet strat. Because well, you know we've yeah ninety nine bucks. Yep. Now, okay, so let's talk a little bit about that real quick. We're we're right at the end, and that's something we can pick up later. Is right now something that some of us missed. I kind of missed it. Was um, myself is that so we they moved a lot of the Korean built instruments are now being built in Indonesia, and the reason for that is that. The Korean factory workers were being, um, they were forcing them to pay them good wages. And they were forcing them a living wage. And they were forcing them to pay, um, uh, you know, some health care and some dental care and stuff. Oops. Move it to Indonesia. You could only move it around the planet so many times. It's yeah. kind of like when everybody, everybody you got a hold of in customer service was in from from the same place in, in India. Well, it's, you know, it's the same thing that's happening now with these. And it's not just guitars, obviously. There's a lot of different companies that are manufacturing these. Um, 
guitars are a drop in the bucket. We think they're the greatest yeah, things. No, right, because we're bread. we're paying attention to this industry, but there are other industries. And the one I think is fine I find fascinating is uh, the the cell phone industry because it's the peak of technology right now. Um, right. And as it relates to the groups that we're talking about, there are Indonesian smartphones now. Um, yep. There are Korean smartphones. LG is a Korean company. Yep. Um, I mean, so when you start, you kind of stop and take stock of what's going on in the industry. Um, you can see these companies that continuously are now becoming the the harbingers of this stuff. J- Japan, Korea, China, yep. Indonesia. Um, who's the other one? Uh, there's one other one I was thinking of. Taiwan. Taiwan. Uh, but ta- Taiwan's a little bit different. And then I think one that's, that's just burgeoning, but this is going to be huge, is uh, the Philippines. Because they've had... they. Uh, I'm not saying this to be critical of anybody, but the Philippine government has repeatedly been kind of pointed at and saying your chief export is pirated goods. Yep. But they pirate electronics yeah. and they're very good at it. So well, at some point they're going to start the doing it for, for real. One. That's the beginning for each one. So if right. we look at if we look at the the um mode as it's been, it was made in America. Then the then the um uh the Japanese said, we can make those guitars just as good, maybe better. I mean, vendors were made in Japan for a while, and now you can't find yourself a vendor that was made in Japan. It's hard to do. So, and then, wait, and then, oh, now Japan's upwards of the same scale and, and money-wise as America. Where are we going to go? Oh, let's go to Korea. Oh, good. We'll go to Korea. Get to Korea. Now the Korean guitars are going up, and what was $400 in Korea seven, eight years ago is now $800. So they're taking them out of Korea and putting them in, in Indonesia. We see that with, we see that with Paul Reed Smith. We see that with, um, uh, Epiphone. We see that with, um, uh, who's the other one that I was just, Ibanez. Um, they're, they're bringing, uh, ESP. Um, so these guys are all moving from, from Korea to Indonesia. Well, and then, and then of course that, they've all got the budget. Budget is always going to be has been China lowest, so far. lowest, lowest bidder, right. right? Where they can. So I've seen India as well. But yeah. um, so the thing right now, um, I want to back up just for a second, and I want to talk about history and why Japan became the leading guitar manufacturer for a while, and why Korea became the leading guitar manufacturer for a while. So. There was a thing that happened in the early part of the last century. Well, not really the early part. It was about midway through the last century. And that was that the United States bombed them with a nuclear bomb. They no, dropped an atomic yeah, Well, yeah. We, we dropped two. The, the, the little man and fat man. Yes. Okay? And uh, we basically destroyed that country by doing that. Uh, and also waging a massive war against them as well. Um, and so as part of our reparations for doing something so heinous, we helped them revitalize their industry. And so they got all new factories. We destroyed everything during the Doolittle raids and stuff. And so they had to have new facilities to build things. Um, and so they had everything state of the art. That's why they became very, very good with electronics and stuff, because the the, the infrastructure existed there. Okay. Yep. Same thing happened in Korea because what happened in in Korea a few years later, after after we bombed the living shit out of of Japan, we had another war, <laughs> and yeah. we sided with and we the South it. Koreans. Right, we did it in Korea, which meant that the South Koreans got all this new economic infrastructure. Okay, mm-hmm. same thing. So you see a guitar made in Korea, like that's because we helped them make their industry better. There is another country that has not come to the forefront of this yet, but is very, very soon to the, to the uh, party here. And that's Vietnam. They are an industrialized nation. They are the, the next war torn nation that we helped. Yep. Um, and they have the capacity for doing very, very highly skilled work now because of the level of education and also the level of industry. And I know some people who are actually over in Vietnam right now, working on electronics projects with with um, various companies there that are going to be rolling out in the next several years. Um, and the point is that we do have these countries that we always look at, 
um, and that we have our hands in over there, and that's part of the reason why they they get the business. That's I think has a little bit more to do with why China right now is getting a lot more of our business than um, India is for uh, guitars. And there's one more piece of all of this. So when you see a guitar manufacturer, I think um, a good example is like what, like ESP, who went from Korea to Indonesia for a lot of their lower end stuff. Yep. You do realize that that's because they're made by Court. Yes. Because Court moved their operations from Korea from to Korea to Indonesia. Indonesia. The Koreans were were picketing their um their right. locations and saying well, we reason- should be able to get a living wage. Well, and then the other thing was that they actually built a fancy fuck factory in Indonesia yes, that was did. way more way more modern than what they had in Korea. Um because well, they were they well. were a really successful company. You're starting up you're, you're well. building a new one. You may as so, well do it with the nicest stuff. But my point is we kind of look at that that Korea Indonesia split and we're like, well, these are two different countries. It doesn't matter. There's still the same fucking company making the guitar. That's like right. Really stop and think about it. It doesn't matter what border they're in. You know, it's it's just a different place. And I think uh, so. We're at, we're an hour and five minutes. So oh yeah, we're a good stopping point. But I think maybe next time what we should talk about a little bit is is um you know the the thought of well CNC. I mean most of the work is done by machines in in the overseas country. Most of the work here in the states by most of these companies is done on CNC too. So that's the question: is are the are the machines really um, because again, you get back to my my thing, and that's where we will we will lend it is the the quality. Question is about quality. Yeah. So next episode, CNC, CNC, and um, quality. Yeah. All right. I've been Jim. I've been David. Sounds so sexy. Thank and you. we have been the practical. All right.